GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand. The Chief Minister refused to comment on the ongoing court case uh, when you asked him last night, Christine Vasquez, but he, he did comment on comments made in it. Um, uh, and and he, he said quite a lot that I think has been of interest to our listeners and viewers. Uh, there's been a fair few discussions among family and friends this morning. If that's anything to go by, um, then certainly there were some talking points from your interview and from the questions that you put to him on behalf of the public. That's right. And and it was a difficult one because I, I appreciate that he can't uh, comment on an ongoing court case. But um, because the allegations were quite strong, I, I did think it was something that we needed to put to the chief minister and, of course, he did take the opportunity to reply to them. Right. So um, we're going to talk about a few things. An update on the new uh, football stadium, which was planned for Victoria Stadium, about a COVID inquiry and um, and also uh, about when an election might be called. But um, what should we start with? I think we start with the, his comments on um, Mr. McGrail and the the ongoing court case. Okay, so um, Christine, you asked him uh, uh, about uh, the the comment by the former police commissioner in an interview at um, uh, in that was played out in court. The interview was a police interview, which was um, carried out uh, at New Mulhouse um, and uh, under, under caution. caution. So he hadn't been charged yet, Ian McGrail, but he had been arrested, and um, and Mr. McGrail said that he thought he was up against very powerful people and for his life and said um, that it was a stitch-up against him. Uh, and this is what Fabian Picardo said by way of response. Well, look, I'm not going to comment on a live court case, but I am going to comment on a scurrilous allegation. If the allegation is meant to point to the most powerful man in Gibraltar, as we would see it in the context of politics, which would be the chief minister. The chief minister is conspiring against no one, against no Gibraltarian. In particular, I'm not conspiring against a former commissioner of police. And there is nothing the chief minister of Gibraltar can do to put anybody in Gibraltar in fear for their lives. Far from it. The chief minister of Gibraltar owes himself to protect the lives of every Gibraltarian, whoever they may be, of whatever political complexion they may be, and however damage, however much damage they may wish to do to the Chief Minister of Gibraltar. Let's be abundantly clear about that. Let's not allow fairy tales to run, because to suggest that the Chief Minister of Gibraltar, or powerful people in Gibraltar, suggesting you know, a cabal led by the Chief Minister of Gibraltar could somehow threaten the life of a Gibraltarian is... You know, Latin American style nonsense that people should not fall into the trap of believing because we can damage our democracy by making up nonsense fairy tales like that. After everything that's been happening around the inquiry, though, are you still confident that it will go ahead? Of course I'm confident it will go ahead. It must go ahead. There's every reason for it to go ahead. Remember I said in Parliament I was very uh, committed to the inquiry being able to get only to one destination. The truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth. That means all of the truths, the uncomfortable truths as well. Let's get to them. And as you can imagine, given what I'm telling you, I don't think there is anything in any document, in any email, in any WhatsApp or in any other um, piece of material that may exist that would damage the reputation of the government or my reputation because I know I've acted entirely properly at all times in everything I have said, in everything I have done and in everything I have written. And I say that with the confidence of a man who has a very clear conscience and who knows that everything that happened at the time happened for a reason and for a right reason. 
Fabian Picardo speaking on GBC television last night on direct democracy, answering questions from our news editor, Christine Vasquez, who's here in the Radio Gibraltar studio with me. Um, today, Christine, um, just as a, 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 to keep our, our listeners and viewers um, up to date with the very latest, uh, our reporter Katie Docker uh, has uh, informed us that at the magistrate's court, we've learned that the police interviews with the complainant in the sexual assault case against Ian McGrail were carried out at the law firm Hassan's and not at Newmole House Police Station. Uh, that was revealed in court today, and the, poli- the police officer. Uh, who interviewed the complainant, said that that decision was taken uh, because it was felt that the police station wouldn't be appropriate given the nature of the allegation. Uh, And I'm going to join some dots here and just say that the Chief Minister in due course, I'm sure, will want to address the point that he is a partner at the law firm Hassan's, a partner, albeit on sabbatical, um, and I'm sure that there is uh, another reason uh, as to why that interview was carried out at Hassan's. We know that uh, the Police Federation, for example, is represented by um, a lawyer at Hassan. So that might be the reason. If they were involved um, with the setting up of those interviews, uh, then that might be the reason for the choice of location. But there was that, that's a development that's happened today. But th- there was lots more to unpack from your interview last night, Christine. There certainly was, Jonathan. Lots of issues, a lot of questions coming in. We couldn't get through all of them. Um, A lot of them, funnily enough, on domestic issues. We would have thought that something like the treaty, the calling of the election in Spain would have have dominated. It actually didn't. didn't. There were a lot of questions on housing, on some of them on the cycle lanes, on disabilities. Uh, Interesting answer from the Chief Minister on the power cuts to a question, saying that there wasn't uh, an accurate grid, an accurate map, and so difficult for contractors to actually know where where they were drilling and that something to to actually get something like that together would take a very, very long time because to do it, you would have to dig up all the roads in Gibraltar at the same time, which is something which is not feasible either. So, so wait, was, there is a map or there isn't a map? Because I thought we'd heard previously that there was a map. It's it's outdated is, is right. the way. So they would have to sit down and do a whole new map of, of where uh, everything goes. Um, shall we move on to the next I'm one? I'm sure a lot of people are saying like, um, OK, can you do it, please? Yes, but can you dig up all the roads at, at once? Oh, you mean to, to to find out what's there? Yes, yes, because Goodness because a lot me. of it is given has been given by the MOD. So perhaps you know th- there are things that yes they need solutions, but they're, they're not going to be what you solutions. Mean. So it's that not, you can it's get not a straightforward in. one. You're uh, not going to get it in a few months' time. No, okay, if it, yeah, if if it requires digging up the roads to actually establish what's underneath, then that is obviously very a very challenging logistical exactly, operation. A lot of them are MOD. Um, so the stadium is another one that you mentioned, and in November last year, Sir Joe Osano had said the stadium would be financed by the savings bank as an investment in the economic plan of for Gibraltar. This was done, I believe, in a half-time video announcement in one of the matches. And Sir Joe described it as a shop window for for post-Brexit Gibraltar in the economic plan of Gibraltar. So last night, I asked the Chief Minister whether that commitment to the GFA Stadium was still going ahead and whether the financing would be exactly the same or whether they were going to look at a new economic model. 
Uh, well, no financial plan was announced. In fact, what we well, indicated... the savings bank. No, no, we indicated that the savings bank was there to deliver this project, that it was an investment the savings bank would make. Some numbers were bandied about, which were used by the opposition in particular to create a very pejorative attitude against the savings bank and against Minister Bosano in particular because of the announcement that he had made. In fact, that work has continued apace. There is a lot that has transpired since then in terms of the development of the project, the numbers behind the project, how it is going to be funded, etc., and the proper announcement will be made in due course, which people, I think, will find very, very, very attractive, and they will once again see that the road that they were being led down by the nose by the opposition was a road to perdition, a road to nowhere, and not the road to which we are taking the financing of a stadium for football in Gibraltar for the Football Association. Have we moved away from using money from the savings bank? We haven't moved to use money, and we haven't moved away from using money, because we were not actually ever doing that in so particular. You're, so you're not going to do that? So we are going to make an announcement about exactly how it's going to be funded um, when we are ready to make that announcement. And I think people will be very happy with what we're going to show um, we have been able to do and how it's going to be funded and how it's going to be delivered. So not categorically confirming that the financial model has changed, but hinting that, um, that it, it will have. I think not only perhaps the hint that not only the financial model, but also the, the actual plans for the stadium, perhaps. He says that we've been looking at this. It's, it's changed. Um, it's a question of watch this space. There obviously have, has been a change of plans, even though the chief minister is saying that those plans weren't there originally. Um, so we'll watch this space and three superlatives. You know, it'll be very, 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 very good for Gibraltar. All right. Um, one last point, Christine, if, if you want. What, what, shall you, what do you want to pick up on? Because I know there was also uh, this question on uh, whether there'd be a COVID inquiry. Uh, he says a lot of work has, done, has been done on it already, but it won't be a medical inquiry. No, it'll be a, a sort it of... It will be a medical. It will be a medical inquiry, sorry. And, and a collating of information to make sure that uh, future um, governments, administrations, health authorities are well equipped um, and have learned any lessons that need to have been learned. Um, and then there was also an indication that perhaps we might see a September election. That's right. So by going by what he said about the election, uh, interesting because the chief minister tweeted just before the programme and uh, going by, by what he said, an election would have to be called by the first week in September, because our next direct democracy, which he said this could be his last, is scheduled for the 7th of September. But politicians like to tease the media when they have some sort of information that they know we want and only they are privy to. Excellent. And and also the suggestion that uh, a budget session was likely to take place in the second week of July. Because of treaty commitments. All right. Christine, thank you for bringing us up to speed. Sounds like you're going to have a, a busy news day ahead of you. Thank you very much. Can I just um, go on on something about one of the questions that didn't go down very well? You, you, you're the news editor. You can you can do whatever you want. <laughs> one of the questions that apparently hasn't gone down very well with supporters of the chief minister, and um, I must say, and 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 I want to, I just want to have a little explanation of the behind the scenes of of broadcasting, and it's not surprising. It, it doesn't take anyone by surprise because it's normally the supporters who take more umbrage than the politicians themselves. Politicians and the media don't always agree, but we seem we understand each other. We've been doing our jobs for a very long time. And I remember when I asked the chief minister at a direct democracy whether he owned a house in Portugal paid for by a construction company with contracts in the rock. And this has to be... This, this had the same personal dimension as last night in, in, in a way that it had a relevance to how he does his job. And that's why the question, it wasn't 
um, a frivolous. Let's. It was. You asked him if personal pressures uh, left him with enough headspace to do his job. Exactly. So, so that was um, at the time when I asked the Portugal questions. His supporters hated me. He thanked me for it because if there's one thing that politicians don't like, are their easy rides where they can't show their metal. Journalists have to ask difficult questions. That's our and sometimes job. they're awkward. But but even uh, I'll go further than that, Jonathan. If you don't, the politicians don't don't show their worth. They just don't show their metal. Uh, another thing that's bad for politicians are elephants in in rooms. And I can assure our supporters that we shook hands. We had a very com- friendly conversation on the way out. All right, Christine. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand.